0: Welcome to Health Outlook, a podcast and interview series focused on helping pre-health students understand various fields within the world of healthcare. My name is Anirudh Madali, and I will be interviewing pre-health students, health professionals, and anyone else doing meaningful work or service in healthcare. My goals for this podcast is to help those like me in their pre-health journey to understand the many possible paths we may take to creating a better world around us and improving healthcare on an individual level. This episode features an amazing conversation with board-certified radiologist Dr. Raja Cherivu of Winsong Radiology in Buffalo, New York. Dr. Cheruvu is an MD graduate of Boston University Medical School with his residency training at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. He followed his training with the Neuroradiology and Musculoskeletal Body MRI Fellowship at the University of California at San Diego. Dr. Cheruvu specializes in neuroradiology and cross-sectional imaging. For Health Outlook, he is the first health professional I have had the opportunity to interview for this platform, and I believe many people will benefit from our discussion of his experiences as a six-year accelerated medical program student at Boston University in the 1990s, his decision to apply for an Air Force scholarship to help fund himself through medical school, his thoughts about residency at the Baylor College of Medicine, his experiences serving the country as an Air Force doctor domestically and internationally following the events of 9-11 in 2001. And of course, his great advice throughout our conversation about what it really takes to pursue medicine and how to balance between keeping your options open and focusing on immediate goals. I believe in any aspiring physician, whether you're in high school, college, or even further in the process, will be able to take something away from this episode. I hope you enjoy, and let's dive into my conversation with Dr. Cherubu. Welcome to the podcast. First off, thank you so much, Dr. Cheravu, for joining me today to discuss your story and help kick off this podcast as the first health professional interview of Health Outlook. Uh, I think today's conversation will definitely be an eye-opener for many people out there contemplating the different paths within medicine and healthcare, and for those who wanna learn more about your work specifically in radiology. Uh, I'd like to begin by giving you the chance to introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Uh thank you on um, Anu first for, for allowing me to talk to your audience. So I uh so I uh, if you talk to my wife actually she she knows I like to talk so uh <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully uh it gives you she has to talk for a lot of people listening. but no all joking aside. But uh, anyway, just uh, wish your uh your 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 podcast viewers or listeners a, a happy and healthy holiday start off with that but so my name once again uh, Raja Cherubu I'm a, a physician of course a, a radiologist currently working at Winsong Radiology Group uh, here in the suburbs of Buffalo New York uh, I've been a practicing radiologist for for 20 years and uh, uh, attended uh, the accelerated medical program at, at Boston University graduating Uh, there in 1995. Went on to uh, complete my residency program at at Baylor College of Medicine uh, in 2000, uh, and then ended up taking a little sort of side trip there and spent a few years uh, in the United States Air Force, uh, including some time overseas. uh, And then uh, went on to uh, actually complete my my MRI fellowship uh, in San Diego, uh, in 2003, and then uh, joined Windsong after that, and have been there ever since. Uh, so, just a little, a little bit about
0: me. So, great, yeah, uh, and we'll definitely be touching up on uh, a lot of those, uh, yeah, a lot of those, I guess, different aspects of your career that you just mentioned. Uh, let's start by taking it back to your undergraduate days. You came in as sure. an accelerated med program student, uh, which in your mm-hmm. case at Boston was three years of undergrad followed by four, the standard four years of med school. Am I right? Uh,
1: well, actually I was actually, the, uh, in the six-year program, I was actually the last six-year uh, medical class. So I ended up doing, I ended up, yeah, so I ended up doing, uh, uh two calendar years at Boston University, uh, Obviously, I I took summer school every year as well, and then and then did the traditional four years of medical school. So actually, uh, for me, it ended up being six years. So I was, like I said, I was the last six year class, and then people followed me. at ended up being a seven year program.
0: Wow. Yeah. A lot of those. um... A lot of those programs aren't available now. Usually, the I guess the minimum um, year is usually seven. I think there's a couple of six-year programs out there. So, I guess mm-hmm. to begin our conversation, could you talk a little bit about your first two years or two calendar years at Boston as an undergrad? Sure.
1: Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, and I <laughs> d- d- just to preface that, I'm saying now I know why they do an eight year program. But so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was challenging to say the least. You know, I mean, I think uh, and I think it, this might be helpful for a lot of your your younger listeners. Uh, you know, obviously, when I, uh, you know, entered uh, college, you know, I was very, very interested in doing medicine. I was I was pretty set on that, uh, you know, and, and to be honest with you, never really veered from that course. Uh, but I, it was an eye opener to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, when I uh, actually when I was at BU, you know, i would lived, you know, obviously lived at home, uh, you know, lived, a, I guess, I suppose, fairly kind of your average kind of like childhood, I suppose, uh, you know, lived in, in kind of middle class family in the, in the suburbs of, of Albany, New York.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, going to Boston, the big city, for, you know, obviously uh, for sort of living in the big city for the and living by myself for the first time, uh, it, was, it was quite an adjustment. And then, you know, obviously attending a big school in a, in a big city, and it, I was in a very sort of competitive program. Uh, and it was it was, uh, it was uh, to be honest, with you, a little scary. You know, I mean, I ended up I was in college, yet I was almost college was almost like a uh, that's uh, what's the best way to put it. It, it was almost like it was it, it was just a, a kind of just one sort of a means to an end in terms of I, I felt like I was in college, and before you know it, boom, I was in medical school. You know, so yeah. like the whole college experience was was uh, was pretty quick, and probably honestly. A lot in retrospect, probably faster they were like, but uh, it, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it was it was it, it was quick to say the least.
0: So going back, uh, if you were to I guess get a chance to redo everything, uh, mm-hmm. would you would you take the traditional maybe uh, four plus four or maybe even like the current accelerated med program where it's three and then four, or do you think that um, the six years is still an option that people could probably do in today's age?
1: Uh, well, you know, I honestly, I mean, I mean, it's obviously a personal decision, and obviously, there, I think there, there are no rights or wrongs, uh, you know, there's no right answer or wrong answer, uh, but I, I personally would I kind of like the, the sort of traditional eight-year route for a couple of reasons. So one, you know, I think it's, you know, especially when you're that, that age, you know, 18, 19, what have you, uh, you know, I think it's important to sort of explore and kind of enjoy that, that college experience. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I almost felt from going from a I literally, I felt like I jumped from high school to medical school, and, and really never sort of enjoyed that college experience as, as as much as I would have liked. Uh, and I think, you know, that that's one reason. I think it's important for for young people to kind of enjoy that the college experience because it oftentimes, you know, obviously differs quite a bit from from, from childhood. And you know, college allows you to transition, obviously, from from childhood to adulthood. Uh, and then, two, I think, you know. Honestly, you know people will join and, and like I said, there are a lot of people in, in my class I think uh, who kind of had similar experiences but the you know you join and you, maybe you're gung- ho about medicine or, or a healthcare field uh, healthcare pathway and then once you, you're actually in college, maybe you like something else you know and, yeah. and I think you know and I actually did have a couple of people in my program who to be honest with you end up, I think you know obviously very bright and, and, and qualified academically but then really didn't like the, you know, the medical school pathway, and uh, mm-hmm. a couple of them dropped out, um, and uh, I think, to be honest with you, maybe even a couple probably even continued with it and didn't like it, you know, so I think it's, it's important to, you know, go to college, and like I said, you, you you might, you know, you realize, oh yeah, you know, I love, I love the medical sciences, I love medicine, so, and, so forth, and you know great but others might say well you know actually you know i like maybe i like archaeology or i like sociology or what have you but i, I think mm-hmm. it's it's nice to keep your options open as long as you can uh so yeah in retrospect i probably would have done just sort of the traditional eight-year route um, yeah and and also you know i think it allows you to uh you know, like i said it also allows you to mature right i mean i think mm-hmm. jumping from uh it's not jumping from high school to medical school is not for everyone let's put it that way
0: yeah yeah that, that definitely makes a lot of sense and um i guess in your case, you you said that you were kind of you know, always about medicine and that you knew that you wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there a specifically time in your undergraduate days when you knew that radiology was in your future or were you still uh, figuring out what aspect of medicine you wanted to kind of go into in the future?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think, I mean, I think for most people, you don't really know what you want to do until uh, probably your, your third year of medical school. I mean, I'm not sure if your if your listeners are kind of aware of how it typically works, but you know, obviously, usually you go to four years of undergrad, and then you you end up. Uh, um, we'll leave all the exams out for now, but you end up doing two your medical school. Essentially, the first two years is basic sciences, so it's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's biology, it's physiology, whatever, what have you, and then and then it's two years of clinical medicine. So you you do your clinical rotation. So I think. Yeah, uh, for most people, including myself, you you really don't know what you want to do probably until your third year, until you actually, you know, test out or kind of like uh, check out the different subspecialties. So mm-hmm. I, like I said, so I probably didn't make my decision, honestly, probably till probably my third year of medical
0: school, so. Interesting. So, uh, what advice would you give to someone? Like, for example, I'll take, I'll take myself because, um, you know, coming into college, I'm interested in neuroscience as well as sports medicine. Um, sure. do you think that, uh, in today's age to keep that interest as like, oh, I definitely want to become a neurologist or I definitely want to become like, you know, like a, uh, sports medicine doctor, you know, working with professional teams or something like that, sure. uh, to have that vision is that, do you think that maybe? uh, kind of like a tunnel vision or do you think that is helpful for you know finding you know uh, uh, what's it called like volunteer opportunities or shadowing sure. opportunities etc
1: no i think it's a really good idea you know i mean i think uh, i'm clearly you know a believer in you, you know you have to sort of set goals for yourself or at least you know ha- have some some goals or ideas in mind and then and then pursue them right i mean you might decide that you want to let's say uh pursue, you know, you know, you mentioned neurosciences, maybe you want to do research in neuroscience or or what have you, and you actually do it and maybe you don't like it. And then you Mm -hmm. switch to something else. Maybe you switch to sports medicine or maybe you say you love it and that's what you want to do. But no, I think it's very important to, uh, you know, you got to try different things out, but I I do think you have to have, uh, if you hope to achieve anything in life, I think you kind of have to set a goal for yourself and, you know, almost set internal metrics, right. And, and, and deadlines, I think is
0: very important. So. Yeah, that's great advice. And um, so I I know that a lot of people these days who are in integrated med programs, um, mm-hmm. they kind of uh, have the choice whether they want to take the MCAT or not. Uh, mm-hmm. During your time in undergrad, did you have to take the MCAT? You know, I did. To be honest with you, uh, I took
1: it so many years ago that mm-hmm. I don't even remember it. <laughs> uh, and obviously, for me too. And I think the the one the one I guess you know I, I know I've I've talked about the 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 sort of accelerated programs, integrated medical programs, and. Probably have not spoken so highly of it but I, obviously the, the advantage of course for a lot of people and, and like I said it's you know it's personal choice is 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 that kind of the uh, there's less pressure in terms of it's it's a guaranteed admission to medical school right so you're not worried about 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 necessarily having to get a 4 or or of course you know ace the, the MCAT so uh, in in, in uh, for me of course of course that it, it made the undergraduate experience more pleasant or less stressful in that regard because I took the mcat and i think i like i said i don't even remember what i got i have to <laughs> but I, there was just there's a, a there was a you know a, a minimum re, you know, required score uh, in order yeah. to move forward and that's it right so uh, you know i think most of us you know still course, it's in our nature of course most of us obviously study mm-hmm. and you try to do well as you can but there was no like i said there was that that uh, you know def- definitely a lot less stressful knowing that you didn't have to achieve a certain score in order to, to move forward right, right. so
0: yeah um, so I guess you could say that the, the stress was mostly in completing those, you know, courses within the two years, uh, as opposed to focusing on maybe, you know, maintaining a really high GPA or maybe taking the MCAT, or even when it comes to outside of the classroom, which is uh, kind of leads into my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember or were there anything, were there any activities that you did outside of class that you think um, helped you in med school or later in, later in residency or even later in your career?
1: Well, I mean, I think that's a, well, there's, there's sort of a, that's a, I think there's a two, that's a two pronged answer. I mean, one, <laughs> one I think obviously if, if you're not, if, if you're, like I said, if you're, if you're pursuing the, the traditional route, uh, obviously it's in, obviously important to, to, to build your, your resume. Uh, so obviously in addition to doing well academically, uh, be it in, in school uh, coursework or, or with the standardized tests, you know, I think it's important to do extracurricular stuff, uh, either, you know, volunteering or research or what have you. for me you know i was obviously being in the the accelerated medical program the integrator program it, none of that was required uh right. so i i did i did do some i did some research i did all of that to be honest it was it was actually kind of nice because i did those because i wanted to do it just for the whole sake of kind of learning about all these things and and mm-hmm. sort of you know the whole kind of uh kind of just l- learning more about medicine and just uh kind of pursuing some personal interests rather than doing it to build my resume, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think if you're in the traditional uh, kind of eight year route, then I think you kind of have to do that. Uh, that's expected. Yeah. Um, but in you know when you're in the integrated programs, I think it's it's sort of more vol- voluntary and and uh, honestly more kind of more fun and interesting, right? Because you're kind of doing it for
0: yourself as opposed to doing yeah.
1: for for this this other purpose. So.
0: Definitely. And I guess um, do you think these days when you know is everyone who's doing the traditional route? Um, They're kind of expected to, you know, do some X amount of research, uh, X number of hours of uh, shadowing, volunteering, and all that. Do you think that the students who are in the accelerated med programs may be put at a disadvantage in terms of building their resume or learning outside of the classroom necessarily because they're not required, as you said before, to uh, do all these other stuff because they're already into medical school by, you know, age 18, 17? Sure, sure.
1: Uh, no, there's no disadvantage. I mean if you if you think about it, right? Because you're you're let's well, put this is. once you know, whether you you're in the, the integrated program or you're in the in a regular traditional eight year route, once once you're in med once you're in medical school, then then everyone's at the same level, right? There's no advantages or disadvantages. So I mean the, the integrated program simply gives you assuming you maintain a certain uh baseline uh, gpa but uh, the the integrated medical program just simply guarantees the admission to the the medical school but once you're in medical school then it's an even playing field right so i think once you're in the medical school then like i said whether you're in from whether you're in the came from the integrated medical program or you came via the traditional uh uh uh, medical school eight-year route then you're like i said it's 11 playing field and then both of you are like i said are kind of at the same level and probably should be doing shadowing,
0: research, that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I know you said that uh, you were always, you know, completely you completely put yourself into medicine. Mm-hmm. But did you ever look into other professions within L- within healthcare or even something completely different that is still tied to, um, you know, healthcare or medicine? Sure, actually, a very good question.
1: Actually, I, I I did actually. I mean, I literally, you know, you get into medicine and. Uh, Actually, to be honest, I, have a, I, I I did, and I still have do have a great interest in uh, actually in public health and actually sort of public health policy. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, which I think at some point maybe I'm in a private practice situation, so it makes it a little more challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that's actually an excellent question. I, mean, I think for for you know a lot of your listeners too. I think you know one thing I did learn is right once you do you do medicine and then you. You know, you realize that there's more to just the, the you know, you're, you mentioned the term tunnel vision before, uh, and it, it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword because the thing is, to be good or to be excellent at something, you kind of have to spend all your time on it or 95% of your time. Yeah. And the funny thing is, so in, you know, medicine, you know, there's so many between, obviously, your, 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 your undergraduate coursework, the, the MCAT, all the board exams you take at the medical school level, you know, your your final, you know, residency board So there's so many hoops you have to jump through that you end up you're almost you're compelled to to develop that tunnel vision because like that's the only way you can get through. Mm-hmm. Uh so but that being said, once you get through all of that, you're like, Oh, some of these other things are interesting, you know. So I, I do uh you know, like I said, people do have uh, like I said, a lot of my colleagues, I mean, you have their uh, you know, there's public health, there's public health policy. There are, a lot, there are a lot of different things. So yeah, I mean, I, I still, like I said, at, at this point, in my career will, we'll see where it goes. Uh, <laughs> but I do have an interest. I do have a, an interest in, in 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 public health, actually. And obviously, especially now, it's you know that interest in, or at least that awareness, of public health, of course, has been heightened with the, the whole uh, COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. But uh, I've always had interest in that. So,
0: yeah, that definitely is more prevalent than I guess ever um, in in a lot of generations' lives. Oh. Um, I guess now moving on to your time in med school, um, mm-hmm. did, so I understand that you started your four years at Boston University Med School um, by joining the Air Force. Uh, how did the How did joining the Air Force work in terms of your medical school education uh, and afterwards?
1: Uh, well, actually what ended up happening was I kind of sort of kind of lucked into the Air Force thing, I suppose. I ended up, I like I said, I was in the six year medical program in Boston University and I started at, at BU in actually 1989. Uh, so what ended up happening is at the time it, it, the I did not, and this is talk about sort of bringing back about being being a you know kind of sheltered high schooler, I suppose, but mm-hmm. uh, I was very naive. I'm like I didn't realize how expensive school was, right? Yeah. So I ended up I looked into some of these 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 scholarship opportunities, uh, including the, the military scholarships. Uh, so I actually ended up uh, I had I got Air Force scholarship, and I had Navy scholarship that actually. Paid for medical school, mm-hmm. and uh, I I chose the Air Force one because I'm not a big fan of the water, so I end <laughs> up uh, I, so I end up I I took the Air Force scholarship, so I ended up, as it turned out uh, I ended up signing up too late for the Air Force scholarship, so I end up getting a three-year scholarship instead of a four-year scholarship, uh, and as part of that uh, that that deal, I essentially owed a year of service for every year of medical school that they covered. So since I had a three-year scholarship. I, I owed th- three years of, of payback time. So, uh, and that payback time did not, st- the, the clock didn't start until I uh, actually completed my residency program. So, you know, long story short, I started college in 1989. I actually did not uh, put on my Air Force uniform until 2000. Uh, wow. so, so, I mean, I did some summer things, but mm-hmm. basically, yeah. so I, start, I started, I essentially I started working for the Air Force, actually had a, a NATO training base in Texas uh actually as a basically as a community radiologist right i mean there's a, mm-hmm. a small uh on base uh hospital that would uh, of course serve ser- serve the the active duty people uh, personnel as well as their families so mm-hmm. small a small little uh, uh suburban hospital basically uh and so yeah so i started, started that in 2000 and then uh actually as it turned out uh, obviously not you know you guys are too young for this but obviously 9-11 was mm-hmm. just, you know, September 11th, 2001. So I actually, I started in 2000. So 2000, the summer of 2002, uh, she spent overseas in Oman. Um, so actually my claim to fame is the, I'm probably the first deployed radiologist in the history of the United States. I end up, I end up, yeah. So I ended up, that's actually pretty cool. They end up, uh, they, they the Air Force flew a, actually a CT scanner out of Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, uh, flew it into Oman, which is right along the Arabian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with antici- and they essentially built the Air Force, built a little field hospital there right in the desert, mm-hmm. uh, right near uh, Muskets, the capital of, of Oman. So, it's like literally in, in uh, Seeb International Airport, literally mm-hmm. like right next to that, and it, it, within anticipation of troops coming in from, from uh, Afghanistan to, to, to Oman and then to Germany and then back to actually Baltimore. So, but yeah, it was interesting. So, I was lived there, lived, uh, lived uh, in a tent with Eight other guys, and uh, and uh, it yeah, lived literally like you know, like I said, your viewers are, or your listeners could be way too young, but like it looked like MASH if you look, they go go back and I'm sure find the MASH on Netflix or something that uh, <laughs> episodes of MASH, but uh, yeah, but literally lived in the desert in a tent in a, in a tent wow. city, and it was, great. it was it was interesting to say at least,
0: yeah. So you went from you know, the suburbs of Albany to big city Boston, yes, to yes. uh, to Texas and then to Oman, and then obviously. Uh, back to America so you definitely traveled a lot in your career Um, Mm -hmm. how long did you have to serve after your residency so those three years Uh, did the three years um, uh, did all those three years uh, were those in Oman Oman, or did you do some part of it in Texas or um, elsewhere Uh, yeah no so I actually so I was stationed in
1: in, in, uh, uh, Shepherd Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas, was about mm-hmm. two hours northwest of Dallas-Fort Worth, but 20 minutes from the Oklahoma border. So I was actually stationed there. That was my home base. Uh, but then I ended up spending, uh, four months in, in Oman. That was the overseas, uh, Okay. Career. but uh, yeah, most, most of the time was in, was in Texas.
0: So. Interesting. And do you think that, uh, looking back, do you believe your life would be a lot different if you chose not to join the Air Force and, you know, go the, you know, just try to pay medical sure. school by yourself yeah, of and of uh, continue your career that way?
1: Of course, that's a very good question. Uh, Yeah, I was very different, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm glad I did it, you know. It was a very different experience, and uh, uh, like I said, I mean, you end up, you know, I think a lot of people in medicine end up, it, 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 kind of everyone, I shouldn't say, well, a lot of people, it's, it's cookie cutter, right? Everyone kind of does the same thing, and, and mm-hmm. you end up, uh, you know, traditional medicine, you, you, you typically tend to meet people who are like yourself, uh, which is great, but you know, to me it's like, it's nice actually seeing other people meeting, you know, I think it, it kind of changes your perspective on things, I think so, but yeah, no, it was, it was a great experience, you know, three years there. And uh, uh, like I said, I met, met, you know, people from obviously from, from all over the country, uh, you know, stationed at, at uh, you know in in uh, Sheppard Air Force Base and spent some time overseas. But yeah, definitely it was a definitely an eye expo- eye opening experience. But yeah, it's uh, a very fond memories of my time in the Air Force.
0: Interesting. Um, So going back to, I guess, your accelerator med program, um, Mm. some accelerator programs allow students to apply to other med schools after their time in undergrad um, and maybe look elsewhere to continue their education. I don't know if this is kind of applicable to all um, programs, but I know that there's a handful or at least, uh, you know, at least a handful who do this. Did you get a chance to do this? And, uh, you know, if so, could you explain how you made the decision?
1: uh yeah for me I, I did not have the the opportunity to do that uh mm-hmm. like i said when you know for me that was you're talking uh checking 30 years ago right so yeah. things were much different th- different back then uh mm-hmm. you know for me but, you know this is for me this i'm this is back in the day when i'm filling out applications on pen and paper you know this is uh, <laughs> pre, pre-cell phone pre-high-speed internet you know the co- computers were their infancy so uh, mm-hmm. yeah we you didn't have that between back then i i do know now though yeah you do have there's some ways you can you can apply to other schools and so on and so forth. So forth. I'm not, I guess, not the expert to comment on that. But I I, I do firmly believe, though, you you should, you know, if if able, you should, you know, you should keep your options open and do what's best for you. But uh, but yeah, I do as you said, there are programs that allow you to do that.
0: Yeah. And um, what would you say to a student who is currently contemplating whether or not to join the Air Force, the Navy, or Army, um, mm-hmm. to, I guess, to help themselves, you know, uh, fund their medical school education, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to, serve the, you know, serve the nation, they're, they're thinking more on the financial side of- Sure, art. of course. Uh, I guess I, I've read, you know, places where they say, you know, don't do it unless you actually want to serve the nation. And it, obviously that makes a lot of sense, but yeah. for people who, you know, who are paying for four years of you know, sure. medical school education, it is a pretty prevalent uh, scholarship, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, even more so, more, I think more so now than it was back then. Uh, obviously, t- t- you know tuition. You know uh, college uh, tuitions. Obviously, medical school costs continue to rise. You know, and disproportionately relative to, to the you know, increase in inflation, so and so forth. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know, I'm 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 glad I did it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for me, I think it's well, it's two things, right? It it still comes out of personal choice, but I mean, I think at least in my mind, there there are two things to consider, right? One, obviously, what's the actual cost to go to school, uh, and then two, who's going to bear that cost, right? So for a lot of families. Uh, including, you know, my family, you know, my, my parents, you know, were were willing to to put me through school, right? That's, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of people that's considered to be like a parental obligation or what have you. Uh, but of course, if you come from a family with, with with you know, multiple siblings, and, you know, and or, you know, obviously, parents have limited financial means. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, be- it becomes a challenge, right? Like, how yeah. are you going to put your kids through school? So for me, honestly, it was it was kind of a no brainer, uh, because school was very expensive. And I, I know it was going to be a challenge, of course, for me to pay it in terms of Mm -hmm. obviously accruing a, you know, uh, a big debt burden, uh, or if my parents were were to pay too, I think it would have been a challenge for them as well. So uh, for me, it was kind of like, you know, there was a stress in that too, right? There's a stress of like, Mm -hmm. how, you know, how am I going to pay for this? And the stress of like, oh, I'd feel bad if like my parents are spending their like retirement savings paying this, right? So, so I think for me, it was, it was, I mean, honestly, it was, it was nice because I ended up you know, for me, it was like, once I signed on, I ended up having, uh, t- my tuition was covered. Uh, and then they, even gave, they gave me a stipend. They actually had money. I, uh, they pay for my books, uh, and books can be very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, they even gave me, they even, uh, gave me, I forgot how much it was now, but, you know, a few hundred bucks a month stipend or whatever, mm-hmm. which back in the day I ended up covering my, you know, I had a couple of roommates I ended up covering my apartment rent so on and so forth. So I end up, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, for the most part, I was financially independent, Mm-hmm. uh with the scholarship so which i think for you know for a lot of people for a lot of families it's important right so yeah you know, it's one thing for, it's you know it's for you know i think you know for a lot of families people you know they might have uh, parents who will help them through college but to have your parents expect uh, expect to have you to expect your parents to pay for graduate school or medical school mm-hmm. i think you know might, might be a little too much to ask for a lot of people right so yeah, uh, in that regard true. the scholarship was you know the scholarship was very helpful
0: mm-hmm. And uh, did your time in the Air Force or did your commitment to the Air Force affect where you went for residency or fellowship, because I know that that's a, I guess that's a, a something that a lot of students contemplate because they think that the the Air Force or Army has a control of where you get to go or something like that. Uh, could you maybe go into that a little?
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually it's an excellent question. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think I don't know. It's kind of hard to answer, right? But yeah, you're no. I, and I had the excellent question. I had all those 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 questions and thoughts in my mind when I signed up, and what mm-hmm. it happened, Interestingly enough, uh, I you know actually spoke to a bunch of other people before I actually signed up. Uh, talked to other people who are actually in the program, so on and so forth. Uh, the and the one difference, for instance, between the Air Force and the Navy scholarship, uh, the Navy, the, the 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 Air Force historically would would yeah. First of all, once you sign on the dotted line, theoretically they do have a 100% control of you. Now, let me mm-hmm. just get that fact out there. <laughs> but that being said, uh, the H- Air Force would historically allow you to complete your training before you came on, right? Because from their perspective, they, they essentially, they realize that they they can't really train, in my case, radiologists, but they can't train radiologists, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons, or whatever. They, they know that they really don't have the capability of training people. So mm-hmm. they essentially... Are paying or depending depending on the civilian programs to provide staffing for them, right? So, Mm -hmm. for the Air Force, they historically would let you complete your training and then bring you on in your specialty of choice. In my case, radiologist. The Navy historically would bring you on as basically they used to. They call it a uh, a GMO, a general medical officer. They would bring you on as essentially almost a a, after you complete a one year of internship, bring you on as a basically almost like a family doc that type Mm -hmm. of thing. Okay. Uh, and then one and then yeah so yeah so that wasn't an attractive option for me because yeah I, that's not what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um so historically that's how it worked that being said you are correct i mean if they if they want they can kind of they can dictate anything uh, yeah you know during during that time period so you know but they try to be like i said they they, they generally want to work with you because they know if somehow if 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 if, if, if you know someone if they don't hold up their end of the bargain or, you know, someone sours on the deal, then of course, you know, that uh, the next guy is not going to sign up for the scholarship. Right. So, yeah, but yes, they do. You do. Yeah. There is it's, it's a contractual obligation and you're, you know, you're on the hook for, you know, they, they do. Yeah. They, they're the boss
0: and they do, they do control your fate if if they so
1: do. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So did, did your um, decision to go to Baylor, did that, was that influenced by you? the air force or no, you... no,
1: not at all. No, yeah, not at all. So when the it ended up happening okay. they essentially, yeah. So they basically, well, when I, I, remember when I applied, I think I needed their sign off and mm-hmm. saying, yeah, you know, I'm applying for residency, right. Theoretically they could have said, no, we need you. Like in the case of world war three or something, they could, they could, they could yeah. call you and say, Hey, we, we need, you know, we need, you know, medical, you know, we need, you know, healthcare professionals, uh, mm-hmm. ASAP. And, you know, you're, you're, you're assigned to, you know, going to, to, uh, you know, uh, Alaska for whatever training or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they did have signed off. But like I said, I mean, it was it was a safe bet. Like as I said, based at least on historical trends, that they weren't going to do that. So uh, honestly, the, you know, essentially everything I signed up for, I, I got. It was, uh, you know, there, there were no surprises, let's put it that way. But yes, they do. Okay. They, you do need their permission. So.
0: Okay. And uh, before we move on to residency, mm-hmm. was there a specific time in med school when you – I guess realized uh, that radiology was in your future. Uh yeah, probably like I said, probably when I was like a like a I
1: mean when I started doing my clinical rotations, probably my third year.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what stood out
1: I, specifically? I, radiology. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you know honestly I didn't I the. I, I think I liked the fact that radiology was very even now but probably more so back then. Radiology I always give the example radiology Radiology is like the medical analog to. I think like sort of, or in like the IT world, computers and stuff like that, because, you know, things, it's an ever changing field, uh, you know, because radiology is obviously very technology dependent. So mm-hmm. uh, even in my short career, there've been so many advancements in, in radiology uh, just because of, 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 like I said, fa- faster computers and, you know, so, you know, software upgrades, so on and so forth. So, you know, even, you know, MRI, all these things have, ch- have changed and evolved so much over even just the last, you know, last 15, 20 years. So uh, that's always excited me about that. And the radiology is sort of always the on the forefront uh, in medicine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always viewed, and the radiologists, I, you know, I always view at least I view myself, I suppose, but radiology, the radiologist, I think, is almost like the doctor's doctor, right? Because for the most part, you're sort of consult, you're consulting or you're being consulted by other physicians, right? So whether yeah. it's, uh, you know, you, you could be, if you're doing talking about musculoskeletal MRI, knee MRI, that type of thing, you know, you, you you basically converse with the orthopedic surgeon, right? If you're looking at a brain MRI, you're talking to a neurologist or neurosurgeon, let's say, uh, you know, whatever it might be. So uh, I always find that more fascinating. Uh, you know, like I said, my hat's off to, you know, the, the primary care doctors, the family practice docs and internists. But, you know, I honestly did not have a great interest in talking to Mrs. Smith about her hypertension <laughs> or her diabetes. I just, it didn't excite me. Uh Uh, You know, I mean, for, you know, someone's gotta do it and God bless those (laughs) who do. And some people, some people really like doing it and they're good at it and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But honestly, just me personally didn't excite me so much. So, uh, you know, I think radiology
0: drew me in that regard. That's a a great explanation and uh, uh, quite interesting. Uh, Now moving on to residency. Of course, we know that residency is a very labor and time intensive few years. How did you adjust to the rigor of residency coming from obviously a very accelerated uh, med program yeah, in Boston?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, the actually honestly, there wasn't much of an adjustment, right? Because you end up getting once you're, you know, you're kind of in that the, the the medical school uh, mindset, so on and so forth. I mean, you you end up. It's funny because I look back now, I'm like, I don't know if I could do it again, right? Because you end mm-hmm. up getting, you know, I was used to working very hard, long hours, so on and so forth. But it and you just you just you just do it, you know, you don't really mm-hmm. think about it, you just do it, you know, so, you know, medical school, you know, you, you, you basically go to classes all day and then study, you know, late in the night, and then you'd wake up the next morning, you do the same thing, uh, and residency is the same thing, right, residency, residency is almost, a, it's a, it's basically a, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a, residency, is a, it's a job, right, but it's, it's a combination of, it's basically on-the-job training, right, that's what, mm-hmm. that's what a residency is, right, residency yeah. is, 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 is basically kind of like, know like a lowly paid job right it's an apprenticeship that's what it is right so you're essentially there and you're you're like you're not you're not getting paid much and then but you're still you know you're you're working long hours you're still studying at night uh now there's the added stress of you actually have some responsibility uh Mm -hmm. you have obviously you have a supervising attending physician but you're still you're still an md you're a physician and you're still expected to you know you have responsibilities right so um, there's that extra stress, but yeah, you just, you, you just do it. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it actually went by pretty fast, you know, it was five years, but it went by pretty fast, but, uh, but yeah, what, you know, to do it, like if, if you asked me to do it like today, mm-hmm. it would be hard. Right. Like, you know, but uh, when you're that, I think you're that age and you're in that mindset, it, I, I think you just do it.
0: So your residency took five years. Um, is that specifically for radiology or, um, how does that work in terms of? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah.
1: Yeah. So typically for most for most uh, medical subspecialty programs, typically you do you do one year internship, uh, mm-hmm. depending on what path you take. If you're if you're going to like sort of medical medical subspecialty paths, you typically do a one year internship in like internal medicine. If you're doing like a, a surgery path, then you do like a one year internship in uh in, in 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 general surgery, mm-hmm. uh, and then you do then you do residency programs. So typically, like family practice is three years, internal medicine is three years, uh, radiology is is four years, uh, you know. But if you let's say you do you know orthopedic surgery, it's like five years. Nerve surgery is like seven years or whatever it is, right? Wow. So and then and then people then after that people typically depending on the specialty, people will do a fellowship after that. So mm-hmm. like if you do internal, if you do internal medicine, if you do like cardiology, for instance, depending on the program, it can be like three years of internal medicine, and then you can do three or four years of cardiology, that type of thing. So mm-hmm. for me, for radiology, and it varies based on the program and the specialty but for me specifically, it was the one year, one, one year internship, I, where I did a kind of a internal medicine thing then I did four years of radiology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did a, a, then I did a year MRI fellowship after that. So so six years after medical school in me for in total. Yeah.
0: And so your fellowship, did, did you complete your fellowship at uh, UCSD um, after your time in the Air Force or was this before?
1: Yeah, so actually, yes, yeah, so to, to be your, your previous question, I ended up doing it after because what happened is when I completed my residency program at Baylor, then in the Air Force, I said, I, I want to do fellowship. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we need you to work at Shepard Air Force Base. Okay. So I said, okay, that's 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 okay. You're the boss, I guess. So uh, <laughs> that's what I did. So which was actually, you know, worked out for me fine because I ended up doing. I spent three years in the Air Force, which was my basically my first real job, independent, right? <laughs> independent, working independently as a radiologist, uh, and then I, I did my three years there. Then I actually it, interesting because then I did my fellowship after that in San Diego, uh, and uh, obviously I was a few years older than the other fellows, uh, and obviously others, you know, residents, so on and so forth few years older and, uh, but I would like to think wiser too, you know, so when I, yeah. when I did my fellowship, uh, it was interesting because that was like, when I went back to doing fellowship, it was kind of a nice, uh, you know, it, it was funny because I went, you go for even residency, right? If you think about it, when you're in residency program, you're training, but then you also have to take exams, right? You have to take it in radiology. You have to take after your, after your, you, you complete the four-year radiology residency program, you have to do, uh, there's written boards and there are oral boards. So you're learning, but you're still preparing for an exam. So after I was done with my Air Force and it went to fellowship in San Diego when I was doing MRI fellowship, for me, it was all about, I wanted to learn as much as I could because then mm-hmm. I knew afterwards, like I was actually gonna work in the real world by myself, right? So it's like, yeah. oh, I better, I better learn as much as I can because this is basically the last time I'm going to school, you know? Uh, Definitely. And, there's no, and there's, no, there's no exam, there's nothing, right? So it's mm-hmm. all about like, okay, how am I gonna, you know, so it was, it was interesting, right? Because for me, I was really, gung-ho and excited about like learning something whereas some of my my colleagues were still in that kind of like oh i need to like you know i need to get like a you know do well on this exam or i need to get a good letter recommendation that type of thing
0: so mm-hmm. it, it was
1: very interesting right because for me it was like i just want to learn right and then huh. uh, and then whereas these other people were all still in that sort of like school kind of like uh, i need to get a good good grade or i need to get a good letter recommendation that type of thing so it was it was interesting So but uh, yeah i did i did it after i completed my uh air
0: force commitment. And how did you decide on a fellowship in neuroradiology and musculoskeletal body MRI?
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's a good question. So I end up I end up doing after I spent my time in my air force it's it's funny because then I you know you you go from the very theoretical like school it's all like is all theory, right? Like you go to school and you want to get a good grade and this and that, whatever, but like it's not real life. And mm-hmm. then you actually like in real life you're like, "Oh, I didn't know that as much as well as I thought I did, or whatever it might be, right? So, or you know, there are a lot of things in school that aren't necessarily practical or applicable to realize. So, when I spent my time in, my Air Force, in the Air Force, I'm like, oh, I really probably should learn more about this, or I or have a greater interest in this, or so on and so forth. So, for me, you know, I was talking before about changes in technology, like MRI, for instance. All of the different, the you know, without getting into the weeds, but a lot of the the pulse sequences, a lot of the stuff had changed so much, even just over the last, you know, before when I completed my residency. To spending my time in the air force even over that time period over that f- that few years things changed quite a bit so i really mm-hmm. you know i kind of felt like i needed like oh i probably should do some mri fellowship to really kind of get back up to speed in some of uh-huh. those things right so that's that was kind of one thing that drove me because i really to be you, felt kind of weak mm-hmm. in, that, in that in that sort of subspecialty and that modality so that's why i
0: uh, pursued that uh, fellowship do you think that would have changed if you didn't have to spend some time uh in the air force oh for sure uh, I, you know, I don't know what I would have done. I
1: probably would have done, um, I don't know, maybe looking back, I probably would have done like maybe like musculoskeletal or, or mm-hmm. fellowship, right? Because I do, I'm a big, uh, big sports fan. I do actually have, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the orthopedic stuff. So like the knee MRI that type of thing I do. I do have an interest, personal interest in that. Mm-hmm. I probably would have done that because I think I had, a, I had like an interest in that and I would have done that. But after completing my, like I said, my time in the Air Force, I'm like, oh, it seems more practical for me to learn, a lot of the general MRI stuff, as opposed to uh, sticking to, to to the MSK stuff, musculoskeletal stuff.
0: That's interesting. And as a sports fan, also, uh, you know, I'd like to know: Did you ever think about maybe going into sports medicine and maybe working with a professional team?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I it, I can't really do that. Well, I guess I could. We uh, I'm am a radiologist, right? Mm-hmm. So usually, when when the you know the, the 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 sports teams, be it college or professional, they usually. They will have, uh, uh, they'll usually have an uh, uh, internal medicine doc
0: mm-hmm. as
1: one of their team physicians, care, taking care of, like general health of the players, and then they have an orthopedic surgeon,
0: yeah,
1: or usually more than one. orthopedic surgeon taking care of obviously the sports related injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, for me as a radiologist, like obviously not qualified to do to do either of that to do, mm-hmm. to fill either of those positions. Um, that being said, we do have. Uh, Actually, I do, we used to, actually, my group in years past, but actually even some of my uh, colleagues with some of the other groups actually do read the scans for, uh, actually, for our, you know, I'm in Buffalo, so read the sc- scans for the Buffalo Sabres, the hockey team, NHL team, and the uh, mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills, the NFL team. So it's actually kind of, it's pretty cool, actually, when you see these guys come in and they're, like, they're getting scanned, but it's pretty stressful, though, right? They come yeah. in, they'll literally, they'll come in on, like, a Sunday night and mm-hmm. get, like, their knee MRI, right? And it's stressful because you're, like, you know, if you're looking at a knee MRI and a 70 year old who hurt their knee walking their dog, you're like, you know, whatever. you're looking at a 25 year old, you know, you're looking at a 25 year old uh, with a shoulder MRI, you know, quarterback or something, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I better get yeah. that right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking about because
0: obviously um, you specialize in neuroradiology also. So I was thinking if you were to look at like, you know, football teams with, you know, CTE it, scans or yeah, something like yeah, that. No, yeah uh that's why i was kind of wondering if you'd ever have a uh interest in sports teams and that makes a lot of sense what you just yeah, explained yeah,
1: yeah,
0: um yeah. how did you i guess um this is kind of a general question yeah. um out of you know boston uh baylor and then ucsd yeah. Yeah. uh where yeah. did you i guess find the most liking in terms of living and you know having having a life um outside of you know medicine oh is that right yeah uh, well
1: uh, well it's kind of a loaded question, but I would say mm-hmm. hands down San Diego. Okay. Right. But, but that it's different though. Right. Because I went from, you know, when I was in, you know, I went from, I was in Boston when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I was a college age, you know, like mm-hmm. like you are. And then Boston, that was, Boston was fantastic for that To I went to San Diego where I actually was, was, was married and had a kid and I was like at the end of my training. Right. But San Diego weather wise is, you know i'm doing this (laughs) this podcast right now like it's about eight inches of snow outside right now oh yeah uh, so right here but uh but we're obviously in you know in in late december but but yeah san Diego by hands down has got to be the best weather in the united states right it's Mm -hmm. it's like 60 65 degrees like every day you know that sounds amazing you, you, you you can count on one hand the number of days it rains and then uh obviously it doesn't snow but but yeah no san Diego by by far was my my favorite uh favorite stop but uh you know we were there only there for a year obviously uh You know, it's a California, super expensive place to live. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we didn't have any other, uh, you know, family connection or what have you. But yeah, no, San Diego, I love
0: San Diego. Okay. And uh, before we wrap up, I guess, uh, work about your, you know, sorry, a question about your current work. Um, Yeah. First, I want to ask you, how did you make your way to Buffalo? Because obviously, you just said that you love living in San Diego, but uh, you know, living the living standards, I guess, in California are a little expensive. Um, yeah, yeah. How did you find your way to, uh, you know, sure. one of the coldest places in the country? Oh, geez, yeah,
1: it's funny, right? How life life goes in a circle,
0: right? So yeah. I grew up.
1: I grew up. I grew up in Albany, and, mm-hmm. and for the same reasons, cold and this, couldn't wait to get out, right? So I went to Boston with the big city, blah blah. And, Made way way down to Texas and California, right? So I went from East Coast to, to West Coast and then up, essentially back to the East Coast, right? Yeah, and uh, international,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> and international and, and international too. Yeah, you're right, right. But uh, now we came back. I mean, my like I said, I grew up in uh, uh, grew up in all of the of My family's still here. My you know wife's family's up in in Toronto, right? Which mm-hmm. is only for I don't know how many of your listeners know the, the geography, but uh, yeah, we're only we're you know two. You know, two hours, fifteen minutes from from uh, from Toronto, which is one of the nicest cities in, in the world, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're four and four and a half hour drive from my, my parents in Albany. So, yeah, I mean, it came back for came back for really for family reasons, and I'm you know I'm glad we uh, you know we made the move And Buffalo. I mean, the uh, you know you we said you mentioned before about how San Diego, I love San Diego in terms of weather, so on and so forth. That I must say, with with the you know you know with all honesty, the of all the people I've met, like anywhere, by far the people in Buffalo are the nicest, by far. So, generally, you know, we're, you know, pumping into someone at the grocery store or whatever, but uh, p- super nice people. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we came back here. And like I said, we're, we're close to family. So, that's end up uh, kind of being the, the, the deciding factor.
0: That sounds great. And uh, how, how has your work changed currently in the pandemic? Obviously, I know that you've talked about how your work is mostly interacting with other physicians um, yeah. as opposed to, or well, the majority of your work is yeah, interacting yeah, with other yeah. physicians. Um, how has that changed now that everything is essentially virtual?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it actually changed quite a bit, I suppose we end up, uh, so obviously during the the kind of the, the initial spike there in, in March of 2020, we were actually closed down for, uh, we actually never officially closed, but obviously, uh things were, were restricted and, and, and business was down quite a bit now we are actually back up pretty much to uh 100 percent. actually we're actually probably 110 but uh mm-hmm. yeah so in order of course to to comply with with uh, uh with social distancing guidelines so and so forth uh we've actually just uh we've we've expanded actually the time slots and the times right so for instance the office now is open seven days a week and mm-hmm. we just we've expanded hours in order to limit the number of patients that come through, uh, you know, in a per unit time, right? So, you know, before you, like, if you had a, a twenty minute time slot, became a thirty minute time slot, and we physically, obviously, place patients actually in different parts of the building. Of course, everyone's wearing a mask, so so mm-hmm. forth. So, the the waiting rooms have have been reconfigured in terms of number of seats and the way the the seats are spaced. So, I think just like most medical practice, we've, you know, we're we're doing a lot of the same things. Uh, obviously, especially if you're in primary care, what have you, yeah, a lot of that a lot of those office visits have been converted to, uh, telehealth visits, right. Yeah. Via, via Zoom or, or whatever. Uh, but, uh, for us patients, uh, you know, for some things we used to give, uh, we, for mammograms, ultrasounds, x-rays, that type of thing, we used to give, uh, give the patient the option of, uh, actually, uh, face-to-face results, mm-hmm. uh, with the physician, with the radiologist, but we no longer do that. So now patients get their scans done and then they, and they leave. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, you know, of course, we, we call them with uh, call them or the uh, referring physician with with you know critical uh, findings or what have you. But uh, so in that regard, yeah, we've just like the rest of the world, we've you know we there, there'll be and there will be I, you know I promise you moving forward even post COVID there'll be a paradise shift in how uh, you know medicine is is is, is uh, uh, how how healthcare is delivered right because people yeah. are not gonna you know even post uh, you know uh, pandemic I think people are not gonna want to sit there necessarily next to, you know, next to five other people in a a crowded waiting room, right? So you're going to see people getting, uh, you know, either the the telehealth visits will continue, uh, you're going to have, you know, text messaging with results, that type
0: of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that definitely, I guess, uh, I was going to ask you something along the lines of that. Uh, Do you see a lot of fields within medicine, um, I guess, decrease in terms of how they, you know, run their uh, private practices, or even sectors of hospitals that specialize in—you know—I uh, don't really know any specific example, um, but like you said, with you know certain hospitals or um, you know care centers not allowing patients anymore to kind of sit and wait for their you know physicians, mm-hmm. um, do you see that happening? You know for a very long time to the point that maybe some fields don't even have patients come in anymore and everything is essentially just you know give a scan or give a text message or give an email
1: yeah no i think i think it's going to go that way i mean honestly that it, it that's probably the you know especially as 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 technology that you have you see improvements in technology especially communication right be it mm-hmm. the text messaging cell phone or whatever uh yeah i think definitely it's going to go that way i it's interesting i i think I think that it was going to go that way anyway, in my opinion. But it, the, the whole the whole COVID nineteen thing is it has accelerated yeah,
0: that shift. It's definitely a catalyst, um,
1: you know. And I do think, and you know, like I guess people tend to just, uh, you know, delivery healthcare, right? It's a it's a service industry. It's no different from shopping, right? So I think just like, you know, retail is is, is probably dead, and, and everything's shifting to online shopping, Amazon or mm-hmm. have you? It's, it's going to be the same thing in healthcare. You know, I think people are going to. Uh, expect and, and, and demand that they can they can uh, uh, schedule their appointment online. Uh, no one wants to wait on hold with the secretary. They're going to schedule their appointment online. They're going to have their in my case they're going to have their scan done, uh, yeah. which phys- obviously still requires a physical visit. They're going to have yeah. the scan done and, and they're going to leave and they're going to expect their results to be sent th- sent to them by uh, by by you know HIPAA compliant uh, you know uh, uh, you know protected text. Mm-hmm. Or you know, v- via their their, their, their uh, patient portal online or, or what have you, right? I think that I think people are gonna expect that and kind of demand that, right? And that, mm-hmm. I think uh, if if you don't deliver on that, I think they're going to go elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and so I definitely think that telehealth is um, going to be a growing business um, a yes, growing sector sure. within healthcare, uh, you know, for the future. So yeah, that pretty much does it uh, for our conversation. And before we end I'd, do you have any last advice? It could be as uh, general or specific as you would like uh, for those of us on the journey to becoming a physician like yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would just say, you know, I think it's, it's very important, you know, you know, whether you pursue medicine or, or, you know, anything else for that matter, I think it's important to be passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, medicine in particular, uh, I think more so than any other field uh, I mean, it t- requires a lot—a big time commitment. Uh, it's not, obviously it's a big time commitment. It's mentally draining. It's physically draining. Uh, of course, there's a huge financial commitment too, in terms of, you know, tuition costs so on and so forth. So I think it's something you really want to be passionate about and something you want to like before you pursue it, right? If you don't, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't shouldn't do it just because your friends are doing it or you're supposed to do it or whatever. <laughs> just, you know, you really, you really should, you know, you, you, there's got to be a genuine interest in it and a, a desire to. To, to to carry on and to uh, you know I mean you you really want to like I said be passionate and pursue your dream right because it's not this is not a uh, simple it's not a quick fix right I mean this is something you literally it's gonna take years to to get to the end right so it's yeah. it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon and you really you know if you're gonna run the race you you know enjoy the journey let me <laughs> put it that way you really right it, it's like there's a it's a long way to go and you really
0: want to enjoy the journey great advice and uh... Thank you so much, Dr. Cherubu, for taking the time out of your day to sit down with me and discuss your story. I learned a lot from your stories, and I hope that those who have made it to the end of this episode have also. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, follow, share uh, this with anyone who might want to learn more about the journey of a physician, medicine or radiology in specific with Dr. Cherubu's stories. Um, In addition, please follow Health Outlook on social media for more information about future episodes. Thank you to all of you who made it to the end and I wish you all good luck. Thank you Aaron. thank you.